Welcome to the Money Insights Podcast, where high income earners come to learn wealth building strategies that will take them from high income to high net worth. With your hosts, financial and wealth building experts, Christian Allen and Rod Zabriskie. Welcome into today's episode of the Money Insights Podcast, the wealth building podcast for high income earners. Hey, everybody, my name's Christian Allen. I'm here with my co-host, Rod the Pod Zabriski. Rod, what's up, man? Hey, I'm doing great. I feel like it's been a while. It has. Well, we missed last week recording anyway. We did. And uh, so, man. No, let's be clear. Them. We didn't. That's Yeah, that's been a long time for us, right? Yep. Uh, to be clear, episodes released. We just didn't record last week at the time that we normally do. So. Yeah, we, we don't have uh, as much it of does a log like... now as we, as so, we like to have. Yeah, we'll we're, but we're, we're, week. we're getting caught back up. Yeah. So, but we had some fun things. We went to PIMD Con. Yep. Right. Week before last. Last week, you were out there at the Left Field Investor Conference. Yep. So, you know, we've just been active uh, running around the country, hanging out with our alternative investment friends. That's right. Yeah. We're out there making it happen. Okay, Rod, it's before I introduce what I'm, uh, the topic I'm incredibly excited about. Yeah. I just want to make sure we announce our next Facebook Live, which, by the way, we have a little bit of a change up on this one, Rod. Mm -hmm. So we're going to make it exclusive VIP access only. Here's the idea. Our intention, our plan is to have a an outside, what's the right word? Expert, specialist. Specialist, yeah. expert, come in um, and talk about something that we think will be impactful and important for the group. And so the idea is to connect it directly to the Facebook group. If you're part of the Facebook group, you'll get access to that live webinar. If you aren't part of the Facebook group, you will not have access to it. So the moral of our story, Rod, is go join the Money Insights Facebook group, which yeah, is called easy. Investment Strategies for High Income Earners. Yep. Right? Okay, Rod. So now, though, I'm super excited to introduce our topic for today. It's a concept and a philosophy that we've been working on for some time, mm -hmm. and uh, we're excited to unveil it to the world. So the title of our podcast for today, Rod, is Invest with Benefits Unleashed. Unleashed. I love it. Unleashed. I couldn't decide whether to go with unveiled or unleashed, but I feel uh -huh. I feel like we used unveiled like, you know, maybe 10 or 15 episodes back, and I was like, ooh. We can't do that. So, See, and, but here's the thing: they are different. They are, yeah. Unveiled, you're just like pulling the curtain back and showing. Unleashed, we're like letting it go. Like it's it's yeah. aggressive. It's getting out. It's there. going it's out cool there. things happen. I like it. Okay, that's that's a good thought, Rod. Okay, so today it's invest with benefits. Unleashed. Here's the question, Rod. What does it mean to invest with benefits? Well, here's the deal. From my perspective, this is. A philosophy. Okay, it's simple, right? Mm -hmm. And it's, but it's profound because it encapsulates really everything that we do, kind of from A to Z. And I'm going to make a bold proclamation, Rod. Okay, here's my bold proclamation. We'll see if I can live up to it. I genuinely believe that the philosophy of invest with benefits can and will dramatically improve someone's overall quality of life. I mean, okay. I, I can get bold behind plan. that. I, yes, bold. <laughs> yes, bold. But I think it's consistent. I think what this does is it just like brings together all the things we've been doing over the years 
and just puts a laser point focus on like defining it right yeah what is it yeah it is and again what's kind of unique about it is that we spend most of our time or a lot of our time talking about specific strategies concepts ideas that people can use mm -hmm. and implement to broaden their financial world and ultimately achieve financial freedom um generational wealth whatever your goal is yep. faster but it's been difficult i think for us to like talk about concepts as a whole and so today mm -hmm. This idea is to really focus on what we do as a whole and what the goal or the reason is. So, so we're going to talk about why it's critical, why we believe it's critical for high income earners to using to adopt this philosophy of of invest with benefits. So, Rod, here's a question for you. Okay. Why? Why would it be critical for high income earners? From your perspective, when you hear me say that, what comes to mind? I feel like that as we're working with people, as, as we've been able to meet with a lot of people out there and, and see what they're doing, what they want to be doing, there is, well, there are, there are a lot of uh, different voices clamoring for your attention. And I was, I was talking about like the traditional investment world is the loudest voice as if that's the only option available to you. And so our, our mission, our kind of purpose is to get out there and hit people see, hey, number one, there's a different way to think about this and approach it. And number two, it's a much better way to approach it. It's not myopic on, on just this, you know, Wall Street approach. And uh, and it can just really get you to those the, the higher wealth, the the you know, living your best life, all those things that we talk about uh, more quickly, more surely. Uh, more securely than the whole traditional thing could do. Bro, this is a boring word, but it's about efficiency mm -hmm. and maximization. Yeah. Right. So it's interesting to say, like, well, how does how does investing like, dramatically? I get maybe it's not so maybe it's not such a profound idea to think that investing can change someone's life. But again, what we're suggesting here is by investing beyond just the return, mm -hmm. right? Returns one element. But we invest beyond the return, and we really focus on multi-purposing money so that um, it can be creating the maximum value for us in all areas of our life. So yeah. it's kind of again, it's a different way of thinking it because money can technically or can it do one thing at a time. Mm -hmm. Well, so what we're suggesting is is that money can do multiple things at a time, and our experience suggests that those people who achieve higher wealth, the you know high net worth most quickly most effectively are using this approach. They're ultimately making sure that their investments do more than just drive a return. They create a myriad of different benefits that go with it. Absolutely. Yep. And, and the word invest is such a broad word. We're narrow, we're bringing it into focus on what do you want it to do for you? And then let's add the pieces around it, the benefits to really make it do those things. Okay. So next we're going to introduce a handful of the actual benefits that we're referencing when we talk about the philosophy behind invest with benefits. Keep in mind, Rod, there are, and keep in mind everybody, there are many benefits. We're just using these handful as an example for to hit on for today. So here's, a, here's just a handful that we're thinking about. And a lot of these are things you hear us hit on mm -hmm. regularly and consistently, right? But we're going to talk about it and make sure 
it comes together inside this overall philosophy of investment benefits. So a couple of them, Rod, tax optimization. Yep. Super critical for high income earners, especially. Yep. Man, Rod, tax time. It's it's <laughs> all I can say is that it becomes it feels more and more critical to me each and every year that goes by. More and yeah. more, you know, there's the possibility of so much money going out the door if we're not taking into account that. But yeah, we're not going to go into that This time of year, it's just, it just, Ooh. you feel it. For those of us that procrastinate as far as we possibly can before yeah. we finally file, yep, it's a, it's a time of year. Yep. Um, asset protection, broad estate planning, leverage, velocity, all of these things are concepts that we constantly are focusing mm -hmm. on, um, but they all fit underneath this, the umbrella and the philosophy of investing with benefits, right? So simple, profound, we're doing the exact same investing that we would do, we would do otherwise, but now we're going to make sure we take in a myriad of different benefits inside of that, which by the way, you hit on an important point. The, while the traditional approach does utilize some of those benefits on occasion, what you'll find is that it's very ineffective at bringing multiple or many of those benefits together. And that again is what makes it so effective. That's why we see um, wealth built exponentially faster mm -hmm. inside of the alternative space. It's it, that's why it's so important. Yeah, like, you're right. They'll use these same buzzwords, but for example, on, when they talk about tax optimization or whatever, they might talk about things like uh, loss harvesting or, or things like that um, to to m make your your tax line a little bit better today. But it, it just doesn't really hit the mark in the same way as a lot of these things. As a business owner, as a real estate investor, and getting not just depreciation, but but bonus depreciation, et cetera, right? Again, we'll, we'll hit on more and, and like we always do, but it's it's a, just a matter of of scale. There's just so much more you can do in the alternative space than even when they use these same terms and, and are, are talking about doing this in the traditional world. Yeah, oftentimes it's kind of like a, 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 a mirage version of it, right? Mm -hmm, or so, mm -hmm. sometimes there's like an element, it's like 50% is effective, but- yeah. Because oftentimes you're like giving up control, you're also giving up a lot of these additional benefits that we're Absolutely. talking about here. Yep. Okay, yep. Rod, I want to talk about leverage, velocity, and cash flow. Okay. These are concepts we throw out there pretty regularly, but I'm hoping you can take a second and tell our audience. I don't want to go through each one of these in detail. Just talk about how and why these fit inside of our philosophy of invest with benefits, uh, because I think I think it's critical. That's again, those are the things that we are constantly telling people to implore mm -hmm. in their world. How does that fit inside of invest with benefits? Yeah, I think philosophy is the right word to use as it relates to this specifically, because in a lot of the the different things we're going to talk about, it it does get into more of of strategy and and defining specifically how we're going to use these things. But these three concepts, these three principles uh, are built into the philosophy and we use them across the board with everything, right? So let's talk about cash flow first. That's that, that's like the maybe the, the most important or the most um, focused we on love cash flow. piece is in, in this world because if you have, or to the extent you have cash flow, it can alleviate a whole lot of other problems. Wait, Rod, is it cash flow or cash flow? It's a good question. And let's go with both. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Sorry. Okay. Keep going. Yeah. So when, uh, it, if I have 
income streams and that's creating that cash flow. Um, it, again, like if I have, if I'm taking on different elements of risk in my business or in my retirement plan or, or whatever, um, but I have cash flow coming in that takes the pressure off of a lot of these other things. Right. And mm. uh, so I don't have to worry about, so for example, let's get into, we're not going to always pick on the traditional world on this, but, but this is an easy one. In the traditional world, they talk about what's your what's your number, right? What's the amount of the, the nest egg that you have to have set aside to be ready to retire and and you know live comfortably? Well, if you have predictive streams of cash flow, then you don't need to worry about that. Because and it's too month- dang hard. Like it's such a stupid concept anyway, Rod. Yeah. Right. Like there's so many there's so many things you have to prognosticate accurately in order to actually find your number. Mm-hmm. So like. If I was doing that, I'd be like, okay, what's my number? Well, I better times it by at least two. Sure. Right. So that it's a hundred percent higher than what I think. Because what if my investments don't turn out the way that I'm hoping? No, and and the other thing is is that there as you get closer to retirement, the the ratio of equities versus you know income or, or the you know bonds basically changes. You get it's more safe, so to speak, in 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 that. And it, it, it just the whole philosophy is is hard it's messed up right you know so, what i really love about cash flow rod mm-hmm. and everybody here's what i love about cash flow especially as a business owner it allows us to make long-term decisions mm-hmm. we don't have to deal in the short term right yeah. we don't have to be fluid and like herky-jerky because we know that we have that stable cash flow coming in between having stable cash flow and having reserves, man, it just makes everything flow so much better. Not everybody has that luxury immediately, but we're going to talk about why and how investing with benefits will help you create that. Yep. Yep. You build up, you build up. Okay. So that's the first one, cash flow. Let's talk about velocity. Mm -hmm. Velocity is this idea of, of turning your money over quickly, right? That the speed at Mm -hmm. which you turn your money over. So if you invest in something, let's just say you buy raw land right? Sometimes that becomes a little bit suspect because how are you creating cash flow off of that raw land? How quickly can you predictably uh, turn that into some sort of profit? Uh, a lot of people, when they do that, it's it's decades worth of buying and holding to the point where they're like, oh yeah, yeah. now now I've turned it into, you know, I've, I've whatever, the, right the value or, or whatever. Now I'm going to sell it. And yet that's a long-term strategy. Whereas if I could take the same money and turn it over more quickly, um, even if it's a, a lower quote unquote return, right? I didn't triple my money, only doubled it, but I did it in half the time or whatever, then then that's doing more work for me, allowing me to to grow my wealth more quickly than otherwise. And, and in saying this, I mean, some of this stuff may just sound like, well, duh, like that just makes sense. But I think we have to, or if we can put a name on it, so that when we say velocity, when we talk about velocity, we're all on the same page as far as what we mean and what we're talking about. So that when it comes to strategies, when it comes to specific implementation, then it uh, it just makes it's more clear for us as we're doing that as we're, and making decisions. Like I'm comparing this investment against that one, this investment class against that one by saying, OK, well, if cash flow, velocity, leverage, if these are kind of like the, the core pieces, the ways that I'm evaluating these things then clearly defining it helps us get there. 
Okay, leverage, velocity. Oh wait, leverage, leverage, right? You didn't leverage. talk le talk leverage yet. Yep, leverage you is better next. Hit on that because that's my favorite. <laughs> it is. Everybody knows that I'm the leverage guy. Yeah, and and uh, I'll try to quote you in saying that leverage uh, is the the biggest or the easiest way to to build your wealth, right? If if yep. you use if you compare a situation where you're using leverage as, as a situation where you're not, and uh, again, conservative leverage. That's our that's our key here mm, because key, can you go crazy with it? Absolutely. You can turn everything upside down and, and all of a sudden, you know, you blow everything by trying to get too greedy with it. So be smart with it. Be conservative with it. Uh, but by using it, man, you can just do do things that that you can't do. And, and you know, we'll, we'll we get into examples on this. Capital Avalanche is is an example the difference between putting that money into a just regular whole life IUL slash policy type policy and what you get out of it in the end versus using the leverage, the conservative leverage and what you get out in the end, it's just multiple, multiple times a, of a difference. So Rod, I was going to bring up real estate and you made a very similar um, analogy or created another similar example in the capital avalanche. But mm -hmm. one of the things that's really, really cool about leverage is that you don't have to drive huge returns. Mm -hmm. I can have a 5% real estate growth market and still earn a double digit return. Yep. That's pretty wild, right? That's, yep. that's not generally how it works. And so like, if I put my money in the market, the market's got to perform that much in order for me to get it. I, I realize that there's places you can um, go on margin, but again, for most people, mm -hmm. it's a, it's as simple as putting money in mutual funds and hoping that they get that return. Well, yeah. let me ask you this, Rod, what's more likely to happen? A, the real estate market get five or 6%, five or 6% appreciation rate, or the stock market driving 15% returns year after year like which one's more I, likely yeah the real estate at five percent is it's it's of course right and so what's consistent. really amazing about it is that we can like jimmy rig some things to give ourselves an opportunity to produce a significantly better return mm -hmm. than what we're actually getting in the underlying investment again yeah. we have control over it it gives us more opportunity to i mean value add real estate like such a such a big deal because it does exactly that Yep. Um, okay, Rod, let's let's switch gears for a minute. I don't want to get into every one of these, but maybe you can pick a couple that, that you want to hit on. Okay. So we also have asset protection. We have estate planning. Um, and and then we're gonna get into some of our like core strategies. So is there maybe just hit on both of those really quickly? What are some things that come to mind when you think about how the invest with benefits philosophy relates to asset protection mm -hmm. and estate, estate planning. planning. Yeah. I mean, it's a matter of, uh, well, this is, and this really gets at the core of what you said earlier, where it's about more than just the return because these two things have nothing to do with the return, like zero, whether someone has, you know, averages a 1% compounded return or a 100% compounded return. These two are, are critical in protection in in efficiency so on the asset protection side um and again we're not going into a lot of detail but the types of things that you do in this world is you set up trusts you set up 
LLCs or limited partnerships or other things like that, legal entities around your investments, your assets, so that they're protected. So if something, it, it doesn't even feel like an if, it's like when, when things go weird in your world, and it can be as simple as, you know, a car accident for yourself or a family member, um, or again, just slip and fall, you know, different things that, that bring up uh, legal issues. When, when those things happen, your, those assets are out of the way. They're, they're not accessible. So we're, we're dealing with things, but we're dealing with it more on the level of like insurance, right? Having umbrella policies. So we're kind of creating a bubble around ourselves so that we have pieces in place to help do those things. And we're protecting our assets simultaneously. Yeah. I th yeah. So that's a great point. So it can be really difficult no matter what stage of life you're in to be like, okay, it can be overwhelming to think I have to make a plan around my estate plan and my asset protection and mm -hmm. my, uh, you know, my uh, tax plan, all of these things I have to make different plans for and hire different people and all those things. But what we're suggesting here is that at least some of those things can be multi-purposed, right? Mm -hmm. As an example, if I use the investment optimizer, we're going to get into more of these. Like I am immediately also putting into play many, if not all of those, you know, various uh, benefits that we're, that we're talking about. Yep. So it's sure. kind of a cool way to think about it. Asset protection just comes, or it can to a large extent, just come inside of and along with the investing that we already do. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Well said. And, and so that's why we, that's why we talk about these things. And that's why we bring it in this context of invest with benefits, because again, do, do the investing, do whatever you're, you're are and want to be doing in the future, just be aware that doing these other things around it makes a big difference. So now with estate planning, now it's a matter of saying, well, when I die, the, how are my assets going to transfer to the next generation of you know, my family or charities or whatever in the best way possible? And the easiest thing to talk about on this is, is estate taxes. And I think that's where most people think of that. And, and that's absolutely part of it. But there's a lot more to think about it in terms of, you know, what are the assets? If it's a business, how is it passing? And, and does it, right? Or, or is there some sort of dissolution yeah. and, and it goes somewhere else? Um, or, or again, real estate. And do I have enough liquidity, et cetera, right? Does, or am I having to go through probate because I, I didn't set up a trust as opposed to having that trust, whether it be a, just a regular living trust so that it avoids probate and or having some irrevocable trusts where it now it, it's actually existing outside of my estate which then again helps with the estate tax. So um, again, our purpose here is not to get into all the details, but to hit on some of these just really high level pieces to illustrate the point. Estate planning is a critical part of investing with benefits. Okay, Rod, that, thank you for, for hitting on it. I want to move into some of the kind of core strategies that we often talk about, right? We want to talk about real estate, the investment optimizer strategy and the capital avalanche. And we could add, we could add several other alternative mm -hmm. investments that have similar type benefits to real estate, but because it has so it's so multifaceted, I figured that would work for us. Okay. So here's the game that I want to play and I'm just doing this on the fly. So hopefully okay. it works. So the game is going to be how many of the benefits match the strategy. 
Okay. That we put out there. Again, it's not an exhaustive list, but I just mm -hmm. thought, okay, like we're throwing out a few of these ideas, these strategies that we so commonly use, we think are we think are almost no-brainers for most mm -hmm. people. Um, but then I think the question is why? And as we were going through this, I was like, okay, well, I wonder how many how many of these benefits that we're talking about fit in line with the capital avalanche capital avalanche fit in line with real estate. So I had the intention to kind of talk through those concepts, but rather than talking about them, like just describing, you know, telling people what they are, they've probably mm -hmm. heard it a dozen times. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about how they fit in this concept of invest with benefits and specifically what benefits apply to that strategy. Okay. You game? Okay. Yep. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. So let's start with, uh, let's start with our most common core strategy that basically if if we're being totally honest, it's hard for us to find a situation where it doesn't make sense if you're investing in alternative assets at all. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Let's just say it that way. Okay. Yep. Okay, Rod. So that's leverage. Yep. How does the investment optimizer utilize velocity and cash flow? Yeah. So let's start on cash flow. I mean, there's a few different items on this. So as you're capitalizing your investment optimizer policy. That's cash flow, right? You're taking money that you're wanting to get into investments and you're flowing it in there. And whether that money comes from your working income or other investments that are kicking off some return or or you have a liquidity event or whatever, you're capturing that and flowing it into the policy. Okay. Okay. Then, so cash flow goes in. Yep. Got it. And then you utilize that, you leverage it to go out and invest in something, create cash flow, and you're flowing that back towards that again because that's your opportunity fund. That's the place where we're capturing all those dollars and, and funneling them back into additional investments, which I just, by definition, uh, define velocity because I'm taking those returns. And sometimes people think, oh, well, I'm, I'm putting it back in the policy, but I thought I wanted to invest with that money. And the answer is absolutely you do. We're putting it back there to capture it in that opportunity fund because we're turning around and then putting it into the next place. So creating that velocity of, of turning the money over as quickly as possible, but doing all of this funneling it through the investment optimizer policy. Okay. So this first one is becoming really easy. So we, we checked off leverage velocity and cash flow. Yep. Um, and the next ones are just as easy, Rod. We're going to start with tax. Mm -hmm. uh, we always talk about the tax optimization component of the investment optimizer. It's just like a Roth IRA on steroids in mm -hmm. terms of what you can do with it. You put money in, you eventually pull money out tax free all the in the interim, you can invest in literally anything you want by loaning against it. So you're not constrained by the amount of money that's put in there or the amount of money that you're using and where you're investing. So it's mm -hmm. pretty remarkable in that sense. That's why I would say it's kind of like from a tax standpoint, like like a Roth IRA on steroids. Yep. Okay. Sure. Uh, do you want to take estate planning, Rod? This is another easy one. It's life insurance. Yeah, it's life insurance. It's like it's like the the most efficient way to pass your wealth to the next generation. It's cash. And it's it's like excess cash. <laughs> Whatever you have that the the cash value was worth when you died, that's not what passes on. It's this extra, this this bigger number that's the death benefit. That's the number that passes on. Okay. And the next one is asset protection. Here's the deal. Asset protection, this is kind of a unique one because life insurance does have natural asset protection benefits in many states, mm -hmm. right? But I want to emphasize this because I think it's really important. The actual strategy or the, the strategy is not a life insurance policy. That's, that's just the vehicle that we're utilizing the strategy with. So 
in situations where we need to get asset and want to get asset protection and in conjunction with it, we'll oftentimes do something more than just utilize the life insurance, natural asset protection benefit. It's Mm -hmm. really easy to utilize it inside of a trust and create um, asset protection all along the way. So just want to emphasize that we can bring in the concept, the strategy is ultimately bringing all of those things into play, even if it doesn't naturally have as strong of of benefits in that space as we want, right? Again, we're not focused on a life insurance policy. We're focused on all of the things that that life insurance policy can do for us if it's designed and utilized appropriately. Wait, are you talking about investing with benefits? I am talking about, Rod, investing with benefits. Ah. And and can I tell you, like, it really does encapsulate what we did. So I... We were thinking about like a, a tagline, a philosophy, and we just kept coming back to this because it's simple, profound, and it genuinely encapsulates what we do for people in yep. just a really simple way, which I really love. Okay, so let's move on, Rod, and talk just a little bit about. Oh wait, did we hit on all? Oh, we got to move product. We got to move strategies. So yep. we talked about how invest the investment optimizer encapsulates all six of those. And again, we could probably come up with some others, but let's move on to real estate. Okay. Okay? So we talk about real estate nonstop. I would say we talk about it every bit as much as we talk about the investment Mm -hmm. optimizer. And really it makes sense because like one without the other just isn't the same. Yeah. And maybe I should broaden that to say like alternative asset investing. But again, like our experience is that like 80 to 90% of that is real estate in some way, shape or form. Right. So we talk about real estate all the time, but it's not just because it's connected to the investment optimizer, although it is, it also has some really natural and incredible benefits that we're talking about. So even if you just had no idea what you were doing and you started investing in real estate, you would find yourself assuming you have at least a decent tax professional, you would Mm -hmm. find yourself getting further ahead just because of the asset you were investing in. Okay, Rod, talk a little bit about why that's the case. Yeah. So on the, on the tax thing, especially, uh, you know, you you had talked about 5% appreciation earlier in real estate and and do we feel like that's pretty consistent? Well, what, what happens is it's not just the 5% appreciation. uh, Oh, now, now I'm going to hit into cash flow. If you have that cash flow coming off, then that obviously adds to that. And, and then let's just say that that would turn you into like a a 15% IRR, right. With, with kind of those two things. Totally reasonable by the way. Sure. Yeah. Even now, right. Even now, two, two, three years ago, you wouldn't feel like that you were getting, you might be like, well, if it's anything less than 20, I'm not even going to mess with it. Right. Right. But you know, but, but again, still, Anytime you're talking about double digit returns, you're in a really strong place, yep. especially if you're getting the tax benefits. Yep. So, and that, and that's it. That's the point. So if, oh. if it's 15 before you get there, then the t- tax benefits turn it into 26, 27, 30. Again, right? bonus depreciation, uh, just depreciation in general, other expenses that you can tie into that. Now you've, you've turned, what was a, a you were really happy with the return at the 15%, right? Now you turn it into something that's much more special because of the tax that comes with it. Mm, tax benefits okay. that come with it. So yeah, we've talked about we've talked about how it encapsulates tax benefits, yep. cash flow. Certainly can you can you can 
create velocity by moving money in and out of it, right? That's the whole concept that we're talking about connecting it to the investment optimizer. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what we're doing. Yep. We talk about leverage, leverage. You've already hit on leverage, Rod. It's like so obvious, but that's one of the cool things about real estate. It it like created, it's it's the asset that created leverage, Mm -hmm. right? That's because it, it just became so natural. Like you think about buying a house, everyone had to buy their house on leverage, like with leverage. And that became the norm for how people purchase real estate. That is not the norm for how people purchase stocks. Right. That's right. Just a different world. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Leverage, velocity, cash flow, tax benefits, state planning. Oh man, I love that real estate gets a step up in basis. Yeah. It's such a powerful thing. Uh, so my grandpa recently passed. Uh, I'm, he was 96 years old. I love my, my he was an incredible real estate investor himself. Mm-hmm. And he left the family as a whole, a bunch of, uh, I think he had like, still had like 10 or 12, um, 12 plexes or I can't remember the number, something like that. Right? But, mm-hmm. but like the value of having that receive a step up in basis is unbelievable. Especially when you consider he purchased those like 40, 50 years ago. Yeah. So you're getting literally, you know, a hundred times the value by this point. Yeah. And, and not just, paying tax on that. Yeah. Can I just explain it? Just in case there's someone who isn't familiar oh, with yeah, this. Oh, yeah, please. So, yeah, if he bought it that long ago, then maybe the, the total, let's say he, he uh, the purchase price on that was 200 grand or something for all of those properties. But now they're worth 5 million or something, right? Yeah. If you sold it the day before he died, then you'd have to pay tax on the 4.8 million of gains that were experienced there. But instead, when he passed away, all of a sudden, that basis or the starting point is no longer 200,000. It immediately moves up to the current value at the time he passed. So now all of a sudden it's 5 million. So even if you guys hang on to him for a year or two and it's, let's say it's worth 6 million. Well, instead of having 5.8 million of gains that you have to pay taxes on, it's only a million of gains because you got that reset mm-hmm. at the $5 million mark. Huge difference, Huge. right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Something came to my mind as you were talking about that, Rod. You're, hitting on this like overall value of of how real estate can or specifically the step up in basis mm-hmm. but what came to mind is that it's not well you you gave two examples basically a, a good and a bad but both of them were real estate related mm-hmm. right they both had that in common so again we're at a situation where we're saying okay real estate has the potential to in to do the to create this opportunity and philosophy to invest with benefits, but you could also make mistakes along the way, right? Sure. So it it really is about first choosing the right type of asset and asset class, and then understanding, gaining the education, the knowledge to understand how to actually take advantage of bonus depreciation, for example, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or how to do a cost segregation analysis as another example, right? Yep. Um, or in a situation like this, if my grandpa's 96, like, maybe it makes more sense for him to hang on to it than sell it. Yep. All of those things end up being like really important elements that are surrounding an asset that can be incredibly powerful, but that could also create some frustration if you did it incorrectly. Yeah. There are a lot of smart people out there. We heard a, a talk recently from Ken McElroy where he talked about that. Like, why are you selling your property? Just hang on to it. Like there's a lot yeah. of, you know, well, reasons to do that. Think about the tax benefit there, Rod. When you hang up, he was saying the way to get the money out of it is by borrowing it back out. 
Yep. Like you can get the money out and guess what? When you borrow it back out, there is no tax, mm-hmm. which by the way, is also the same thing that we're suggesting inside the life insurance policy. The yeah. reason that I can pull money out of that thing tax free is because I'm borrowing against it. It's the same thing that applies inside of a home equity line of credit. So now when you do that, you're creating potentially far more income and, and really you might use less, but have a lot more. Yep. And that's a really great example of, of investing with benefits. Yeah. So I think the last one, last one. Oh yeah. yeah, Go ahead. Asset protection. And that is so real estate by itself. and, And a lot of these alternative investment assets, necessarily don't necessarily have asset protection with them in the same way as we talked yep. about with the, the life insurance, for example. So it's a matter of how you own it, own it in an LLC, own it in a limited partnership, own it in your irrevocable trust, right? There are a lot of different ways that you could do it depending on where you are, the stage, et cetera. Uh, but, but there's no reason for that real estate to be vulnerable if something happens to you personally, because of you, you can just own it in these different ways and, and that by itself creates a kind of a shell around it. So it becomes protected. You know, that's one of the good, the, the things that I feel like the real estate business as a whole has done well. They've emphasized and taught people like there's a huge value in owning yeah. it inside of some other entity besides your mm-hmm. yourself. Right. And so it feels like most serious investors get this, but again, it's an example of using the philosophy, investing with benefits across the board, Make sure that one of the things that you're doing is creating asset protection by not owning it yourself. Control everything, own nothing. Mm-hmm. I know that that's an extreme philosophy, but to the extent that it makes sense and is possible, it's a really great way to go. Absolutely. Okay, Rod, really quickly, we're going to do the same thing on Capital Avalanche, and then we're going to wrap this thing up. Okay. Sweet. So Capital Avalanche, just so just for anybody that that has not or that doesn't know what it is. It's a premium, a life insurance premium finance design where the bank puts in the majority of the premiums. I put in a a small portion, the bank puts in a large portion. So by doing that, I'm obviously creating leverage. Mm -hmm. And our goal there is to, for most people, the goal is to create cash flow, income in retirement or income at a future point. Mm -hmm. For some people, it could be income and estate planning benefits, or for some, it could just be an estate planning play, right? Yep. Here's the thing. When when premium finance, meaning, again, I'm just talking about it in its general sense, when this idea came about, it was really focused on allowing people to be better investors by holding on to their money and not having to pay life insurance premiums, mm-hmm. right? Now, it's morphed into some like some cool things. Like one of the things that we do, we, we teach people how to utilize it to create um, double digit consistent returns that we pull out tax free. Yeah. Right. For retirement income and still have a big death benefit. But my point here, Rod, is just to say in a, like a really quick, short form that by utilizing the capital avalanche, we're taking into account leverage by utilizing the bank's money. Mm-hmm. We're creating cash flow, uh, especially like we're maximizing cash flow, right? Like yeah. that thing is a cash flow producing machine. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the reason we're able to do it is because, what oh, did I already say leverage? That was my first it, one, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, in the, in the beginning, yeah. Leverage, velocity, cash. I, I'm I'm all over the place. I don't remember where. Did we cover all six? That's the real question. <laughs> well, that's, I think velocity we didn't hit on. Uh, okay. And, and this okay, one, the, the interesting thing with this one is it's not that we're getting our money back and then going out and putting it in something else. It's like it's churning internally 
because of the way the leverage works, because of the way the asset is growing. Think of it this way. We take a loan, put money into the policy that increases the, the asset value, which means we can get more of a loan, which we do. We take more of a loan, put more money into the policy. So again, it's, it's, it is velocity, but it's just happening internally. You don't have to actively be deciding, oh, where am I going to put that money next or whatever, right? It's just, it's just rolling over inside of the strategy itself. Well said, Rod. Do you remember my bold proclamation at the beginning of our show? I do. So here's the question. I'm going to ask you, but I don't think you're going to answer, honestly. So I'm not <laughs> going to ask you. I'm going to ask you, the audience, did we make a compelling case that by investing with benefits, by adopting the invest with benefits philosophy, I can genuinely create a better life? Okay, let me connect the dots just in case there's not it's not connected yet. Okay, I invest far more effectively by utilizing or by thinking about more than just the return, multipurposing my money and creating value and benefits all around my investing. By doing that, I ultimately achieve financial freedom significantly faster than I would otherwise, which gives me the ability to make decisions, do what I want in my life, right? Live the mm -hmm. life that I want to live, be deliberate. Um, if I want to work, I work. If I want to play, I play. And that is a, a beautiful, beautiful thing. So Again, my bold proclamation is that by adopting this, I genuinely believe that the people listening, our audience, will actually change their life for the better. And you said I wouldn't be honest, but I'll I'll give my thoughts anyway. I think Please you've made do. a compelling case that that is exactly what happens. Okay, I love it. Well, this has been fun, Rod. Okay, I love it, Rod. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Money Insights Podcast, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Money Insights Podcast. To learn more about the financial and business strategies discussed in this show, please visit moneyinsights.net. The views and opinions expressed on the Money Insights Podcast are not intended to be individual financial, tax, or legal advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making financial decisions. And if you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This will help others find the show and learn wealth building strategies for themselves. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll catch you in the next episode.